Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 36 of the On The Record Sports Podcast. My name is Drew King. I'm joined as always by Mana Jing, editor of the Daily Record, Nick Castillo. Nick, how do you like that one? That was a good one. Okay. I like that one. Thank you. Kind of like a cash register, you know? Yeah, like, um, um, what was the old school song, Money in the Bank? Yeah, by okay. MIA? Uh, no. No. That, that's no, that's planes. yeah. You're right. This is by. Um, it was in my throwback list, but anyway. Anyway. Yes, I think it's both those songs. I, I'm not even gonna guess and get wrong. All right, I'll look it up. Uh, we are also joined today by high school correspondent Deshaun Hartley. Deshaun, welcome back to the podcast. I'm back. It's good to hear my voice. Um, I get to listen to my own voice. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Thank you. I appreciate well, it. We, we might have to cut it down after that. Oh, <laughs> that was, that's all. It's, it's over. It's, it's done. Uh, Nick, Deshaun, we're going to have to join the Boston Celtics in the very last season of our career and yet still shoot a career high 66.7% from the floor. It's the Shaquille O'Neal podcast. Wow. 36, but only on the Celtics. Only on the Celtics. Yeah, but Big Diesel. He's there. Yeah. Wow. Actually, that's a that's a deep find. I thought about. I, I actually didn't realize he played for the Celtics his last. Yeah. Season of his career. It was a forgettable year. He only yeah. played thirty something games. Um, I thought about doing Rasheed Wallace here because Ooh, that's what that he wore been. for the majority of his career, but he wore a different number the season that he won the championship with Detroit that first year mm, with the Pistons. So I just thought, if that's the case, what's the point? You know. Uh, we have a lot to get to today, but first, are you guys familiar with Shakira and Jennifer Lopez? I am familiar with these two artists. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> one, one's, I guess you could say one of their hipster lives. <laughs> You're about to eject me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was announced yesterday that the female duo will join on stage for the first time for the Super Bowl 54 halftime performance. Almost equally important, though, other performers are expected to be added to the show. And the Super Bowl this season is in Miami. And so there are a ton of pop artists who are from Miami who I think are going to be under consideration to be a part of this halftime show. Please tell me it's Mr. Worldwide. I'm going to give you four options here. I want you guys to tell me who you would least want to perform okay. at halftime, okay? Okay. So your four options are Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Flo Rider. DJ Khaled. And the odds-on favorite to make an appearance, the mayor of Miami, Mr. Worldwide. Mr. 305 is Pitbull. Who you guys not want any part of? See, I actually don't have a problem with like all of these guys, mm-hmm. so this is kind of a tough one. Yeah. Um, hey, Sean. Oh, you, I, I wanted to let him finish his thought. Uh, well, I'm like trying to think, so... It, yeah, it's, give, it's, him, give him some time to think. Hey, Sean, do you have anybody in it's mind? Pitbull, right? Yeah, Pitbull's number... F- He's the odds-on favorite yeah. in your eyes. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's yeah. I yeah, I feel like it's a guarantee that he's going to be And DJ there. Khaled, um, another one. I mean, he's a staple in our podcast. I would feel wrong mm-hmm. if we don't if we get rid of him. Mm-hmm. 
That's sad because that's the one I think we should get rid of. Honestly, no, no, I, I, what is he gonna perform? Like what song? Oh, he, oh, All he's gonna say is another one. Another one. <laughs> he's not gonna perform. I feel like anything. that. I feel like that adds value. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just hips don't lie, and then you hear DJ Khaled come out. Another one. Another one. And that's it. That that's all he's gonna perform. Yeah. Deshaun actually Get stole my take here. I also said DJ Khaled. He's just gonna come out. Miami, we the best. <laughs> that's, that's literally another true. one. <laughs> that was a bad DJ Khaled impression. Thank but... you. Uh, but no, like I'm with Deshaun. What is he really gonna bring to the table but for is, a Super Bowl halftime performance? What does Jason Derulo bring to this? Jason Derulo. But that's literally like another one. But he has songs. Yes, though. he has songs he can perform. He has actual talent. Okay. <laughs> DJ Khaled. Just... <laughs> wow. And then. Flowrider, my middle school self would love to see a Flowrider ex- uh, appearance. Excuse me, did you say Flowrider? I said Flowrider. Mm-hmm, okay. Florida. 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 <laughs> Apple bottom jeans. Mutt, boots with the fur. Boots with the fur. <laughs> see, like, I think I'm going to keep Flowrider. Okay. And I think I'm going to keep Mr. Worldwide. Okay. And I think I will agree, and I guess I'll keep... Did, uh, keep uh, Jason Derulo. Uh, Jason Derulo. Yeah. All right, yeah. DJ Khaled. All right, there we're in agreement we then. Wow, we have first time we've ever come to a consensus. Yeah. That's... Well, and 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 like I said, I just don't, I don't see what DJ Khaled is gonna bring to the table. If, what if he if... brought Drake with him? Yeah, he he honestly could get more people to come with him, but I it feel depends. like that would be too many people at that point, though. Yeah. All right. Real, real, uh, yeah. Before we move on, quick aside. Yeah. Um, I would like to inform you that uh, Lil Scrappy and Young Buck were a part of Money in the Bank. All right. <laughs> I just needed the people to know. Appreciate it, Nick. Hey, random facts like that when you pluckers trivia. That's true, which we did not. But we finished second. And got a $50 gift card. You guys Shout know Plucks. who did bring something to the table last weekend? Uh, Josh Rowland. He did. I was going to say the Texas State running backs, but it was a lot of people on this team, really. Uh, we're talking about Texas State football, who just came out with a triple overtime win over Georgia State at home, 37-34. to 34. Uh, What I was going to say about the running backs, they go into this game averaging 24 yards on the ground per game. That's, that's bad. That's dead last in the FBS. And you see it. So I don't think anyone was expecting them to run the ball 50 times in a game. <laughs> they ran the ball 50 times. They ran the ball 50 times in a triple overtime game, and they gained 20, 221 yards. They move up two spots in the national rankings in rushing yards per game, and it resulted, I feel like, in the offense having their best game of the season and the team having their most complete game of the season. Um, so let's kind of walk through the game here. I don't want to spend too much time in, in the first four quarters. I think the biggest thing was the run that was established and Javen Banks. Uh, re- it wasn't even really a, a return, but you can't return him up punt. I guess, but he fell on a muffed punt in the end zone for a touchdown. That really helped Texas State and and gave them a whole bunch of momentum. So. The last uh, play of regulation, Georgia State is tackled for a loss 
on second down. They're forced to spike the ball on third down, which it was very close to time being up. They took a long time to review it, but they spiked it in time with one second left on the I clock. Don't, I don't believe this. Supposedly. I, could, I don't. I, like, there were a lot of things or possibilities or whatnot that could have been done. Um, calling, the, saying that there was a second on the clock, I don't, I don't believe. So they go into overtime tied. But real quick, though, yes. can we talk about... Ishmael Davis's hurdle over a guy. I was going to talk about it a little bit later. Okay, cool. Yes. That was like the most athletic play yes. of the game. Have you seen this, Deshaun? I actually have not. Okay. I have not seen this play. Okay. Uh, these teams go into overtime, tied 27 to 27. Georgia State throws a touchdown on its first possession. Texas State kind of gets bailed out on fourth down. Would you agree, Nick, that pass interference call? Yes, he got bailed out. I will say it was definitely pass interference, but Georgia State... It was just not a great throw. It just wasn't yeah, very good at all. Hutch White was in double coverage, and Georgia State really didn't need to interfere to stop the pass, but they did, so Texas State picked up the first down, and then Gress Jensen ends up walking or diving into the end zone. For the score to tie it, they go into second overtime, and Josh Rowland... Steps onto the field to kick a 43-yard field goal. Goes wide left. So Georgia State needs one score to win it, any score. And they've got one of the best kickers in the Sun Belt in Brandon Wright. The guy was a Ray Guy semifinalist. Finished all Sun Belt first team last year. And so Texas State defense holds on. Forces them to kick a 46-yarder. That one falls short. It was online but the wind kind of pushed it back a little bit so georgia state goes into third overtime with the ball this time they had to kick a 36 yard field goal from the right hash mark and brandon wright misses this one bad like it was wasn't good he got the yips i don't know if it was the yips i I couldn't tell from the camera angle if the hold was bad but there was just no curve on it whatsoever it went straight and didn't move toward the goalpost at all and so that one goes wide right leaving texas state with needing just a score to win and so josh Rowland comes back out on the field they set him up for a 35 yard game winner and he makes it so texas state gets their first win of the season 37 first win of the jake spavital era yes 37 to 34 um a lot to dive into here anything in particular y'all want to start talking about i'm showing him this play right okay now. i'm just I think that this is a good start for the Spavital era in Sunbelt Conference play, even though they kind of played the weakest team, I guess you could say. Um, they beat Tennessee. They did beat Tennessee. Tennessee but might be Tennessee. one of the worst teams. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, so. It's still I mean, a Power 5 school, though. It's still right. an SEC school. But we talked about how they got destroyed by Western Michigan last week, right? They did get destroyed by Western Michigan by 47 points, giving up 10 yards per rush. A win is a win. If I mean, they figured a way to, to get it. They, I mean, I'm not, the football guys were with him. And Spavadol, that's a great first win for him. Like, that's something he'll never forget. Um, just just for those field goals to miss and go their way. And then them get a chance to redeem it and get a kick. And the field goal goes in and they win the game. Even though technically it was supposed to be over because uh, the spike at one second. But still, that, that's just a great first win for him. Yeah, Jake Spavadol said they actually kind of got a little bit emotional when – they said that they did get the spike off because Texas State had already run out onto the field. They were already celebrating. Some guys were heading back to the locker room already. So um, that's 
tough to play through when you think you had it and you had to go back out there. Um, Nick, how you feeling about this game? Nick, let's talk Ish Davis. You said he made possibly the most athletic play of the game. Yeah, it was incredible. Tell us what happened. So with 15 seconds, he makes a great play on the ball. Uh, Texas State's up 27-24. He makes a great play at the, I think they're at the two. Yeah, um, it was the two or the three. Is it the two or the three? It's a, the, Georgia State's going to run the ball with Destin him. Coates makes, goes to the right. right. through the line and yep. makes a tackle. Him and Savion Patton are celebrating. They're flexing. They're flexing. They're high-fiving. And, and Ish Davis realizes that he needs to... He needs to get back on side as the opponent has already lined up. So he hurdles the right guard, the left guard, completely without touching him. Because if he did touch him, that's a five yard penalty. That's, a five-yard that's encroachment. So just leaps over him. Yeah. He got some. Ish Davis got a vertical. Yeah. I think Ish Davis a, could dunk a basketball. It was incredible. Um, I mean, big play by him. Yeah. Because in, in theory, it probably should have been zeros on the clock. Yeah. Because I've, I've seen it multiple times and still don't know how there was time on the clock. Anyway, that saved what could have been a five-hour penalty and stopping the clock and then ultimately losing. So, like, that's the smallest of yep. plays to watch, but it was, it was great by him. Tell me what you thought about the defense as a whole in that game. I thought they played pretty well. I, I, you know, Jake Spavadol had talked a lot about complimentary football. And he talks about that every press season, conference. But in his post-game press conference, he really was like, this was our best game. Um, and I think it showed on the defensive side of the ball because they were able to get some rest, because they were able to run the ball on yeah. offense. Um, you didn't see guys tired. You didn't really see guys out of position too often. Um, I think that's a focus thing, and I think you lose it after – you, I think you lose it when you get tired, and this game they, they showed that they weren't terribly tired. Um, Although I will say they had a couple of guys out this week. Frankie Griffin and Cordell Rogers didn't play, and so I think Coach said Jerron Morris and Cam Winters played every snap on defense. And didn't he call Winters uh, an NFL guy? He thought... Cam Winters played excellent against Georgia State and thinks he could be a, a NFL corner in the future. And he's only a freshman. He's a true freshman. That's ridiculous. He's big too. He's, you know, he's six a, foot one eighty. He's built kind of like a linebacker. Yeah, a little bit. He's thick with two C's. <laughs> um, I thought you saw a big performance out of Brian London too. A career performance for Brian London. Tied Texas State's all-time record for most tackles in a game. Uh, racked up 22 of them. That's a lot of tackles in a game. That's a ton that's like of tackles. A fifth, that's like a fifth of the tackles he needed to get to... To break the all-time the record, record for the, the, the career record. Have you checked out where he's at right now? Uh, I think he's 59 away. So he's going to get there. With This will be the fifth game of the season, so he's got seven left? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, he needs less than 10 no. a game. They have eight left. Yeah. So he'll yeah he'll, he'll he'll likely he'll likely get it. Eight, eight including this game. injury. Not going but I would hate I I want I want to see Brian London do it because there's nothing more fun than seeing history. Yeah, he's an NFL guy too. I, I mean, from what I like when I went to the press conferences like before the season started, he always talked about his goals and and you know he's a god God fearing man and all these things. He's a good person. So 
Um, he talks about getting to the NFL a lot, and I think he, he can do it. He has a body. His body is huge, so um, he could definitely get to the NFL if he keeps contributing to the defense like he already has been, and he's one of the captains for this team. So uh, he just needs to keep going forward with his, his career so well right now. Well, you know what was funny is that I had I was like, why is Brian London playing special teams out there? And then I was quickly told, and I was like, wow, I didn't even think about this, is that the, the special teams reps will play huge in him making an NFL roster. Yeah. And, and Spavadol said he likes to have his starters play on two special teams, um, at least. So, but yeah, let's talk more about the offense now, especially about the running backs. Uh, Caleb Twyford. 27 carries, 137 yards. Anthony D. Taylor, 17 carries, 54 yards, two touchdowns. If they can establish that kind of one-two combo every game uh, with Twyford as someone who can break it to the outside and then Taylor as kind of a dumper who can run it up between the middle and move the chains, they're going to be in pretty good shape, I feel like. I don't expect them to get 50 carries a game every time. But if they can average 4.4 yards a carry the rest of the season, that would rank inside the top 70 in the country right now, which is really all you're asking for out of this Their offense. That would be top 70, 4.4 yards they, a carry. What are they? Yeah, the, the running game alone is top 40, top 70. Excuse me. Well, no. If you took their yards per carry in that game alone. And did that for a season. Have you seen how have you seen how far they are or how much they moved from They moved up two spots in yards per game, rushing yards per game. Did that move but where did that move them up in terms of ranking? Because they were dead last. Yeah, that that's what I mean. They moved up two spots. So they went from one thirtieth to one twenty eight. Really? Yeah. That's how bad they were? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. You hate to see it. Mm. And yeah, you, you can't win like that. You definitely can't win like that uh being dead last and rushing. Because you can't control the clock. You can't run yeah. the time of possession. Obviously, time of possession is important to these guys. And then Gresh, it takes some of the pressure off of him when his running backs yeah. are doing that and they're running up the yeah. middle. Because they're, they're not going to win games with Gresh Jensen throwing the ball 50 times. Right. You know, they, they had the fewest passing attempts and the least passing yards in a game in that game for this season. And I still think Gresh had one of his best games because he wasn't asked to do too much. He didn't commit any turnovers, which is the first time that's happened all year. And he made smart, smart plays, and that's what complementary football is, which is what Jake Spavadol has preached to them all year long. I think this was also the best performance we've seen from the O-line. Nick, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I would expect so since they were able to run the ball. I mean, they and established they did, the line many, of scrimmage. They, hold on. Did they give up mini sacks? I didn't even look they gave up one. That's that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's good. Um, I asked Bob Stitt what they did differently in that game, and he said they just kind of simplified things, and I think that gave them a better focus on what each player's role is on every play, and that really just opened up everything on the offense. It let Caleb Twyford uh, room to run, and for him to wiggle through and and, and break off big plays, and it got. Anthony Taylor in space to punch it in on the goal line occasionally. And, yeah, this was just a really complete game by both sides of the ball. If they keep doing that, I think they're going to be in solid shape for the season. And 
Jake Spavadol and, and most of the players are still talking about all of our goals are still on the table. You know, they can still make a, a bowl game. They can still move up in the standings in the Sun Belt. So this was a really encouraging sign to me. We're going to get to the Nickel State game. But first, let's get to our picks where we choose winners from a handful of games with little to no consistency. No consistency at all. We're going to start with high school. Even though we're recording this on a Friday, this isn't going to come out till Saturday. We're going to just tell everybody what we think about these two games. We're going to start with San Marcos at Converse Judson. Uh, San Marcos came out just a little bit short against East Central last week. Mm, they got hosed. Uh, there you have it. It feels like they're learning each game. You know, they're figuring out new things that work every time. They just haven't gotten over the hump yet. And but they're getting close, right, Nick? They're getting close. Yeah. Unfortunately, they go up against the number ten team in the state. They do do that. However, I, I, these kids are not going to be intimidated by that. Drew, I'm very disappointed you're making us pick this game. Um, they're figuring. I feel like San Marcos is getting close to getting over the hump. I think that they're not going to be scared by. A Judson team. I mean, Nick, we were at that game last year, and they weren't scared. You saw Terrence Soto bringing guys down and then flexing on them, standing over them. Like, this is not going to be intimidating to San Marcos at all. So I think it's just going to be another football game to them, and I think this could be a game where they get over the hump. So I'm going to go San Marcos here. You're going to go San Marcos with the biggest upset. I, I'll, I, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Okay. We're all going to pick San Marcos. Yeah. But... Ultimately, I think we know that Judson is a top 10 team and it's going to be very hard for them to win. And if they do win, we will all get a point because we picked one of the bigger upsets in the whole state. So that, I think I saved everyone sometime. All right. You want to you pick you San Marcos too? I pick San Marcos. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do have a couple of um, close friends that play for Judson, though. I have a couple uh, star wide receiver. Amari Bailey, he's a he's a good receiver over there, and they have some good people on defense like Jaden Cloud, um, and then Davion Wilson's also another receiver. So their receivers are pretty big, and and plus with Mike at the quarterback position, uh, Justin's just a force to be reckoned with. Plus, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were like a, a game away from state last year, so I think they have some unfinished business. So if Sam Marcus doesn't come out like ready to play, it'll it'll be a, a bloodbath. But let's just hope they can hang in there. Next game, Austin Bowie at Buda Hayes. What are your thoughts on this one, Deshaun? Um, so I was looking at the score from last year's game, and I think it was a touchdown that separated um, Hayes from Austin Bowie. Um, so this year, I think that Hayes is going to win again. Um, I'm pretty sure they're at home. So the home crowd plus the run game that they have established early throughout the season is going to be a little bit too much for Bowie. And I'm, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think Bowie's starting quarterback is hurt. Um, so I don't know if that's going to play a factor. I don't know how good their backup quarterback is. So uh, I'm definitely going Hayes on this one. I am going Hayes because I like the uh, wing tee, slot tee, whichever you want. I like the slot tee too. And I also like that they're at home. So I'm going Hayes as well for this sweep. Moving on to college games, we have Nickel State at Texas State. The Bobcats are 
sort of an underdog here. There aren't a whole lot of spreads being released on this game because Nickel State is an FCS team. However, in the ones that are being released, Texas State is not favored. The Colonels are favored by one and a half points. You mean the Ra- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my bad, my bad. yeah. Nick. I'm stuck yeah. on Sam You thought you could catch me off guard. Yeah, I'm catching you. And now you got to look in the mirror and realize you've been saying something wrong your entire life. Dang. That's deep. So Texas State is an underdog in this game. However, ESPN's Football Power Index gives the Bobcats a 74.8% chance to win this game. This game has a lot of stakes for both teams. Are y'all guys familiar with the battle for the paddle? Yes. Yeah, reading the stories. Okay, good. If you're not familiar with the battle for the paddle, let's hop in this time machine. Go back to 1998. It is... Pouring in San Marcos, heavy rains, and the athletic directors for both teams decide they need to postpone the game because, quote, the fans would have to row in a boat to the stadium. (laughs) That would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. So they postponed it by like a month. Um, Both teams were still in the Southland Conference at the time so this was a huge rivalry and texas state ends up winning by a point and as a trophy they earn a paddle which they use to row to the stadium the all-time series for the battle of the paddle for the paddle is split at 15 to 15 which it's really seven to seven since they started battle for the paddle but texas state versus nickel state it's 15 to 15 nickel state did not bring the paddle to the last meeting because the head coach felt like Texas State had an unfair recruiting advantage as a FBS transition school. They had more scholarships to offer. So Nickel State did not bring the paddle the last time they met in 2011. Well, he was. He's not at the school anymore. (laughs) (laughs) However, since that game, Nickel State has lost the original paddle. I heard that the paddle is actually not lost. Oh. It's in a bar wherever Nickel State is located. That would be... I think it's Louisiana. Oh, it's Louisiana, Louisiana, but I don't know what the town is. That shows you how much I've put research into this. Yeah. Well, officially, Nickel State Athletics Department does not know where the paddle is. Wink, wink, wink. But Jake Spavadol is really getting into this rivalry. He really wants to win a paddle, and so Texas State is going to make their own paddle. That's right. And they know baby, they men. And they're going to renew this rivalry. It's a must-win game for Texas State, in my opinion. Well, yes, you can't lose to an FCS school. You cannot, but it's not going to be easy either because Nickel State is ranked ninth nationally. Right now? In the FCS polls. Really? Yes. Interesting. They are a perennial playoff contender so which way are you guys leaning for Texas State Texas State even in the Everett Withers era even in their like worst seasons they beat at the FCS schools they were supposed to beat if they lose this game it's bad yeah it's really bad I think it's encouraging that Texas State seems to play their best games at home the two games we've seen them in have been their best games 
in San Marcos. So I'm counting on that to happen again here. I'm also going to go Texas State. Deshaun, who you got? I got Texas State. I'm a homer for this game. I want Texas yeah, State to get the battle. Georgia State. I told you guys, I'm not picking Texas State until they establish who the quarterback is. And now they have an established quarterback. They had a good run game last game. So I feel like the offense is picking up. I feel like they can continue it. Plus, if they do win this game, that's two in a row. That's a good way to go into another conference game next week. So I think uh, they have a bye week next uh, week. Oh, well, besides the bye week. But don't, they have another conference game after the bye week, right? Yeah. So after that, um, that's a good way to go into that. Plus, with a week off, you can rest your body and be ready for another conference matchup. All right, so we've got the Bobcats for a sweep here. Next game, Duke at Virginia Tech. The Hokies are minus two and a half. I have a question for Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Oh. What do you see in Duke? What do you see in Duke? All right. So... When I'm just I, legitimately curious. No, no, no. I, I really, like, when I was doing these picks, I really had to sit down with myself and be like, am I really going to pick Duke as a football school? And I came to the conclusion that Virginia Tech, they were trailing to Furman 14-3 before halftime, and then they picked it up in the second half. So if Duke can get off to a fast start and Duke likes and Duke will run the ball and their quarterback has he's hit 80% of his passes over the last two weeks, so that, plus, if they get off to a fast start and can get the ground game working, that would beat Virginia Tech. I like the hashtag analysis. Yeah. I'm going to take Virginia Tech, though. But that's because they're at home. That's the only reason? That's really See, the yeah. I, I don't think that's a... See, I, here's, here's my thing. I think Duke actually likes to pass the ball more than they trust the run. And Virginia Tech has a much better pass defense. Like... 70 yards a game better so they haven't played as good of opponents as duke has but that's still like a significant difference so i'm going to go with virginia tech as well we'll move on to the next game iowa state at baylor the bears are a three-point underdog um nick how you feeling about waco's own baylor bears i picked iowa state i mean i don't know that that tells you how I feel about the Baylor Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, I They're undefeated. They, I think they got... Oh, but did you see how they played against Rice last week? I did. It's not pretty. This would be a pretty big win for Baylor in the sense that, like, it would show that they could be a real contender in the Big 12 this year. Um, Iowa State's only loss was to Iowa in the most ridiculous game of the season. Mm-hmm. Only because of, uh, you know, rain that delayed the game for, like, hours. Yeah. And then punt, punt, butt fumble. So, you know, I like Iowa State, though. Muffed butt. Muffed the butt. butt. Muffed butt. I <laughs> like that one. Thank you. Baylor hasn't played anyone, um, really. Expose them. They haven't really played anyone. But they've beaten like all of them. Expose them. Okay. That means. <laughs> that means they You're supposed to win those games, um, just like Texas State is supposed to win, right? Mm-hmm. So Baylor, I mean UTSA, obviously Frank Harris down there. He's he's a good quarterback for them, and then Stephen F. Austin and Rice. You like Nick said, they struggled against Rice for a little bit, and then um, also Iowa State just beat Baylor by 14 last year um, on its home field. So I feel like Iowa State has the advantage. I also feel like Iowa State has the advantage. They put up some numbers against Louisiana Monroe last week. 72-20. to 20. 
that uh, is never easy to score 70 points in a collegiate game. So Yeah, unless it's NCAA football, uh, the video game. Yeah, You're not putting up NCAA 14. The one that, yeah, the one that, that hasn't come out. They need to start making those games again. Those are an integral part of my childhood. NCAA It's a, a, an integral part of Nick's adulthood at the moment. Well, I mean, I play every now and then. Every now and then, you... <laughs> okay. Every I now and then... I had last time I played, like, once in the last ten days. Okay. I feel like it's more like at least twice a week for you, but that's okay. I'm also going Iowa State. We'll move on to the next game. Kansas State at Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are a four and a half favorite. I I didn't get to watch the Texas game. Okay. So, Nick, am I okay with taking Oklahoma State here? Uh, I took Oklahoma State because I really liked what – what I saw out of Spencer Sanders, mm-hmm. um, it was fun. It was a fun, like, they have a fun offense with, with him. And then they have Chuba Hubbard, which I hate the way his name is pronounced because it just, I want to pronounce it Chuba, but it's not right. Um, and then they have Tylen Wallace. I, I like their offense. I really don't understand how Kansas State is good this year, but they are. So um, I took Oklahoma State because they're at home. Um, they're at home, correct? Yes. Yeah, they're at home. Um, I thought so. I don't know why I doubted myself. Anyway, um, I think this will be a big test for Kansas State to go on the road for a Big 12 game, and I think Oklahoma State will probably survive this one. I, I think they have too many weapons on, on offense for them to stop. Their defense suspect, obviously, um, because they lost to Texas, but um, I think this is going to be a good, a good game. Now, Deshaun, you went with the underdog here. Why is that? Um, Kansas State's going to control the ground game. They have the transfer from Ball State, James Gilbert. He's averaging 6.4 yards per carry. So if he can keep Oklahoma State's offense off the field, um, they'll have a great chance to win this game. And uh, Oklahoma State's offense is, is weapon-packed. Like They have a good receiving core, good quarterback who can do it. But, they give, but their defense gives up 175 yards on the ground per game. So... If you do the math with James Gilbert running the ball 6.4 yards per carry, he should be able to run over Oklahoma State's defense. Um, that's what I think is going to happen, but you never know. I'm picking, I'm picking right. underdog Kansas State. Last college game, we have Houston at North Texas. I selected this game to pick from before I knew that Houston decided they were going to tank this season. You can't tank in NCAA. That's what Houston's doing, though. Am I wrong? They shut down their starting quarterback, who was their leading passer and rusher, so he's done for the year. North Texas isn't very good, but Houston is tanking, so I'm going to go with the mean green here. Going with the mean green just because when you lose a quarterback who can run and is mobile and can throw, and um, they lost a receiver too, so with that, that, you have to get a connection between your quarterbacks and your receivers. And if the backup quarterback doesn't have that connection with his weapons, they won't be able to move the ball. And I think Mason Vine, the quarterback for North Texas, is going to have himself a game against Houston's defense. I like North Texas. I like what I, I was impressed with what they were able to do against UTSA last week. I really shut that team down. That's a team that's kind of a, in a bit of a, a troublesome uh, kind of period. Uh, they didn't really have all that much success last year, even though they beat Texas State last year. Um, they didn't have a, 
they're not off to a great start this year. I don't think it helps that Frank Harris has been hurt a couple times. Um, but I have been really impressed with what UNT was able to do in that game. And they have Mason Fine, who everyone likes to talk to as a secret dark horse for many different things. But um, I think I'm going to go with UNT. I would think I would have gone with UNT no matter what. So, um, yeah. All right. Moving on to the NFL. I really don't want to talk about this team, so we're going to make this as quick as possible. Is Dallas at New Orleans? Nick, how are you feeling about the Cowboys? Um, they're going to the Super Bowl. I picked that in the first game, in the first uh, time we were talking about NFL predictions, and I'm going to stick with it. They're going to the Super Bowl. Um, how many games are they are they winning um, this year? This year, yeah. they will be going twelve and four. Twelve and four in the regular season. Don't get a buy. Jeez. Hate it. Deshaun? Why do you hate it? Why do you hate it, Drew? Well, just because you love them so much. I don't really love them that much, Drew. Hmm. I just think they're really good this year. I want to see them lose. Your namesake's not even playing, Drew. Well, you're not wrong. Deshaun, how do you feel about this game? Well, I picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, but Drew Brees is got hurt so. yes yeah I, I can't really um pick against the cowboys i will say that the saints playing at that stadium is gonna be very very tough especially after teddy bridgewater gave that speech after last week's game so but i'm still picking the cowboys i just think ezekiel elliott he's bound for a big game he hasn't really had one of those breakout games yet so i'm waiting for it to happen and they're gonna have to run a lot of play action against the saints what Deshaun said he can't do, I will do. I'm going to take the Saints here, and let me tell you why. The Saints' karma meter is very high right now, okay? Drew Brees is out. Teddy Bridgewater, who, if he didn't have that injury, would probably still be the starter for the Minnesota Vikings, he's back. He's in. He's leading New Orleans. It's a home game, and it's against the Cowboys, who are probably the highest marquee opponent in the NFL. I'm feeling it. I think the Saints deserve a win here, so I'm going to go with New Orleans. Um, Next game, we have Carolina at Houston. I don't think anyone's really buying into the Kyle Allen hype yet, even though... You're not buying into the Kyle Allen hype? I'm not big into the Kyle Allen hype, even though he was a starter under Jake Spavadol at Texas A&M. So I'm leaning Houston here. What about you guys? I'm gonna take Houston. I don't. I don't. I know. I don't not buy into the Kyle Allen hype. I just. Don't, I don't buy it. I don't. I mean, I haven't seen enough to to really believe it. He had one good game, uh, so I will take the Texans. Texans. I'm taking the Texans. Also, they haven't let me down yet, so that's also one reason. But oh. they did scare me last week. Yeah, the Chargers. That was they, a close they, one. They scared me, but they found a way to get it done. So I think they'll do the same thing this week. Last game, Minnesota at Chicago. The Bears, the Bears, are two point favorite. Deshaun, you pick Minnesota here. Defense wins championships, but offense wins games. So wow, I that feel, was deep. I feel like eh, that was deep. This uh, is this is. This is Dalvin Cook has been playing like a top five running back so far. He has Thielen and Diggs on the outside, even though Diggs has been kind of quiet this season. Um, He had that one touchdown. He was talking trash, but didn't really do much else. And then Kirk Cousins, I think he's going to be able to 
pick apart the Bears defense. It's gonna be one of those like kind of I'm not gonna say low scoring, but I think it'll be like 20 to 14, something like that, nothing too high. But the Vikings can put up points. So if the Bears defense can hold up, and then we already know the Bears offense is not is not anything to really get excited about. So I'm going Vikings just because their offense is better. Here's my issue though. The Bears have shut down every single running back that they faced this year, and I think that's going to keep going. I think Dalvin Cook is going to have the, his worst game of the season, which means they're going to have to rely more on Kirk Cousins. That's never a good thing. Can I ask you a question yeah. real quick? Do you trust Kirk Cousins less than Mitchell Trubisky? Yes. Wow. Let me tell you. No, Kirk Cousins has thrown it 63 times this year. Mitchell Trubisky is up to at least 100 attempts. Oh, I feel like every other quarterback in the league is up to 100. Mean? It means that they don't trust Kirk Cousins. Does it? Yes. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin right. Cook has been having such a good year. Why throw the ball? Because Kirk. Because they're down. Because they're behind. They lost to the Packers and couldn't get back. But the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And? And, and you still gotta you still gotta march down the field in a hurry, and Kirk Cousins couldn't get them there. If it comes down to like which quarterback is gonna make a play, I'm not picking Mitchell Trubisky to make a play over. So so Kirk Cousins. just 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 to inform you, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kirk Cousins is completing 66 percent of his passes, mm-hmm. while uh, Mitch Trubisky is only at 63. Okay, they both have two interceptions. How about that? And Kirk Cousins has thrown it. 40 less times because he has Dalvin Cook because they don't trust him because they trust Dalvin Cook more than Kirk Cousins I feel Cousins. like we're going in round and circles so and I, just think I don't wrong. think wrong. I don't think the Vikings are going to be comfortable in this game so I'm going to go with the Bears are the Bears at home? yes and they're favorited by two only two I just don't trust Mr. Trubisky. I'm right. sorry. I don't know what a Mr. Trubisky is. Yeah, Fair enough. He has no one. I mean, Allen Robinson's on my fantasy team, and he hasn't done anything for me. Yeah. So, so who is he going to throw to? Allen Robinson. I just said Allen Robinson hasn't done anything this season. He yeah. might have a big game against the Vikings. Vikings have a good defense. They have an okay defense. They yeah, have, they a, have, a, they have yeah. more than they have a better than average defense and a high powered offense. We'll see what happens. That's a, that's gonna be the toughest game of this week. We're gonna move on. Uh, we're just gonna kind of skim over these last couple teams. Uh, running out of time here. San Marcos volleyball. They lost to Clements this week Shirts on Clements. Tuesday. They're gonna face New Braunfels on the road tonight. So be sure and pick up a paper on Sunday. Deshaun's gamer. No, sorry, Deshaun, you're not going to that game. I forgot no, about that. I'll be at the football game You tonight. will be at the San Marcos Academy football game. Uh, the Bears have their homecoming against St. Gerard Classics. So that should be a good game for you, Deshaun. And they're actually doing pretty well this year. I think they're 3-1 three three one one. right now. Yep. So um, look for Deshaun's story on that game. I will be at Texas State Volleyball tonight. Uh, the Bobcats went 3-0 and at the Creed's Classic and then... Um, lost to Baylor on Tuesday. They're starting Sun Belt tonight against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and then they'll also host ULM on Sunday. Tierney Scott picked up Sun Belt Defensive Player of the Week. Big game, big stretch of games for her at the Creeds and Crests Classic. She had 13 blocks total, and then that last game, she had thir- uh, a career high 15 kills. So. Tierney Scott starting to establish a role on this team, and that's what they really need. They 
have been struggling to find a replacement for Madison Daigle since the year started. So they'll start Sunbelt tonight. Texas State Soccer started Sunbelt last week. Um, they had Sunday off, so their second conference game starts tonight at Little Rock, and then they'll also play Arkansas State on Sunday. Last bit of news here, and I broke this story yesterday. Jalen Shad. Yeah, hold on. Give the man the proper credit. All y'all Washington State writers. Thank you. Jalen Shed officially heading to Washington State. Um, I can't say a whole lot as to why at the moment. I'll hopefully know more soon, so stay tuned on that. Um, but good on Jalen, finding a new home. Wish him the best. Anything else? That's going to be the biggest loss for Texas State basketball, I think. I really, I really think his presence up front playing defense. He was on the those best. Guards, yeah, yeah, he was the best defender. He's one of the best defenders in the conference. So maybe the country. Yeah. He, okay, I'm not gonna go that. Far. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far. But yeah. he, he plays good defense. Sorry. He was a good point guard. And now is Mason Harrell. So taking... th- they're gonna have. This is an interesting discussion, actually. So I talked with Danny Casper uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, and I asked him about the point guard situation. Um, he told me. He will have Marlon Davis coming back from a torn ACL injury who started for the Bobcats two seasons ago before uh, tearing his ACL. However, Mason Harrell has gained a lot of confidence during the offseason, and Danny Casper has been really impressed by him. He said out of everyone on the roster, he has three players who show up to practice every day and are never hurt. And that's Nigel Pearson, Eric Terry, Scary Terry, and Mason Harrell. So I think Danny Casper is going to put a lot of stock into Mason Harrell. He's going to let those two compete for the starting spot. He said he might even choose who the starter is on like a week-by-week basis, just by who practices better during the week. So that's going to be an interesting situation to watch. I think that's going to do it for us. I think that will conclude our 36th episode. We made it. Another one. Another one. We made as many podcasts as the number of points James Harden scored per game last year. Rob doesn't make it. It's media day, Nick. Uh, Russell, no Russell Westbrook thinks they're going to be a scary pairing. They're going to get like the... Fifth or sixth or seventh seed. What? They're gonna win the West. Not in the playoffs though. They're gonna get the first seed <laughs> Come on. and lose in the playoffs. Again? They're gonna be they're not even gonna be that close. I'm not feeling what? that. What? I'm not feeling it, Alright, nope. watch what happens. Alright. They're the only ones that are healthy. Paul George is hurt for the Clippers. Kyle Kuzma is already hurt for the Lakers, so that's a piece that they needed. What do you mean? Did you not hear Nene's Adductor wow. is chronically injured I'm now. I'm sorry, Nene. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry. They have Tyson Chandler. They got they got some good pieces that they picked up. October seventeenth cannot get here I'll soon see. enough. Where can people find y'all on Twitter? They can find me at Nick underscore Castillo seven four. I will be at the San Marcos at the football game. Yes, uh, tonight. But you can normally find me for other football games as well. At that spot, you can also, if you're interested in City of San Marcos news and or SMCISD news, San Marcos CISD, you can follow me there too. So, got a well-rounded Twitter feed going. There you go. And every now and then, 
I have Bachelor adjacent show tweets. So not till January though, because like, Paradise saying, is over. But I'm at saying the like you know if you're into that, you're, you're not a fan of Peter, P- Pilot Pete as the Bachelor. No, no, no. I, I like Pilot Pete. I just was standing for um, Mike yeah. for Bachelor. You would have been the first black yeah. Bachelor, and they said nah. You can also follow. They said nah. Yeah, maybe it'll be me. All right. Yeah, let Deshaun for Bachelor. Everybody nominate Deshaun to go on The Bachelor. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I would get ratings. That's all I'm saying. I would, have, I would have the show. I would have the show turned up. Everybody would be watching it. Bachelor. You hear it here first. I would watch. I would watch. You can find me on Twitter at DrewKing0222. I will be pumping out my Joshua Rowland feature that came out in today's paper. That's pretty much all you'll see on my feed and make sure you follow the daily record sports account at smdr sports because that is where you can find all of our twitter accounts we'll be tweeting live from all the games tonight and remember you can now find us on soundcloud itunes and spotify at sam marcus daily record sports thank you so much for listening Deshaun, thank you for coming back this week this has been on the record sports we will be back next week Okay, thanks, bye. Deshaun, welcome back to the podcast. I'm back. It's good to hear my voice. Um, I get to listen to my own voice. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Thank you, I appreciate well, we, you. We might have to cut it down after that. Oh, <laughs> that was, that's all. It's, it's over. It's, it's done. <laughs>